Okay, so this footnote is about a huge no excuses moment in my life. Quick content warning, though, this story does involve a high-risk pregnancy and loss, but with what I consider a happy ending. All right. You ready for this? I am. Okay. (laughs) So, I used to be a parkour instructor. (laughs) Okay. Surprising. (laughs) Well, you you didn't know that. Parkour, parkour, parkour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, picture picture those scenes from the office, and that's pretty much the level of <laughs> my my skill level. But anyway, <laughs> so I met my my partner, my spouse, mm-hmm. through the parkour community, mm-hmm. and I I'm cutting a long story kind of short here, right? Actually, no, I don't need to, do I? <laughs> I started parkour training when I, probably a year after I arrived in Australia when I was living in Melbourne, Hmm. and I just needed something to do that gave me a community, a social circle outside of my my boyfriend's social circle at the time. Oh, he was horrible. But anyway, (laughs) I, I found parkour Googling around for things to do in melbourne and just happened upon this parkour thing and found out that found out that there were parkour classes in melbourne watched a couple of videos and i was like oh wow that's really interesting but i had zero coordination at the time i had zero upper body strength i was 28 when I started Hmm. Um, also a woman so I was an overweight woman with no upper body strength and I felt and I was much older than a lot of people who traditionally you see in these parkour videos these young (laughs) young guys jumping across rooftops and shit right people who haven't got a fear of injury yet yeah, <laughs> people whose brains haven't developed that that self preservation yeah. mechanism, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, hmm, you boys could get hurt. But I decided to jump in, jump in, and and go to one of the first timers classes. And I'm skipping over a lot of stuff here, clearly, but I I really struggled. I really struggled a couple of times. I was like, this is a joke. Why did I even try to do this? But I kept going back (laughs) because I have this, this philosophy in life that anything worth trying once is worth trying twice. So I was like, okay, well come back for attempt number two and see how it goes. (laughs) And I just kept going back. I made it a habit. Because I was challenging myself and I was like, this is this is teaching me something. This is really taking me out of my comfort zone. And so that's essentially what kept me going back. That and the community was quite supportive. And genuinely made me feel like they wanted me there. That makes a huge difference. Yeah. When the community encourages you. Yeah. And- doesn't make fun of you yeah yeah like this community of like super fit young dudes 
who were like, no, no, you can, you can scale that wall. You can do this, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and they never made me feel like it was going to be impossible. Yeah. I've sometimes been pleasantly surprised by a lot of men that I otherwise find quite intimidating from a distance. Mm. Like, oh, they're going to look at me and judge me or not be queer accepting. You go to the gym and think places like that. And they're just like, nah, come on. Like anyone can do it. Like this is accessible to anyone. Like really good attitudes. And yeah. so it's really an important lesson in not judging a book by their cover. Yeah, for sure. So as I kept coming back, as I kept pushing myself and challenging myself to do these things that seemed increasingly ridiculous, <laughs> I became a part of a community. And my effort was rewarded by that community, um, by that sense of belonging, which was beautiful. Hmm. Kept practicing, kept improving little by little, and I mean little by little, <laughs> and eventually became an instructor. Hmm. Every year, the Australian Parkour Association has a national gathering in a different city in Australia and people practitioners from all over the country like converge on this one city <laughs> and in 2012 the national gathering was held in Townsville oh wow <laughs> pretty random right <laughs> i guess you just want to experience the urban landscape of non-urban <laughs> places yeah well it was townsville and magnetic island mm. yeah so mm. we did a lot of practicing training out in nature which is ah. really where the origins of parkour are really but that's a whole other story okay. yeah out in the jungles of dalat and things like that love to know more about it another time mm. and it was during that trip that i met my partner, Tony, Aww. who was one of the organizers of that event. How adorable. I know. I have to say, I've mostly met people through mutual interests. Yeah. And Tony was one of those people who I had only recognized as the hot guy <laughs> who was in a bunch of my friends' Facebook pictures. <laughs> and this is when Tony was identifying just strictly as male. And I spent a bunch of time with Tony during during the trip. <laughs> we got to know each other really well. I still had this ridiculous boyfriend in Melbourne. <laughs> oh, mm. he was awful. <sighs> I think we've all had one of those. Yeah. Just don't stop making excuses for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we became quite close quite quickly mm -hmm. during our time out on Magnetic Island. I flew back to Melbourne, back to the ridiculous relationship I was in, and a week later broke up with that boyfriend. <laughs> because I was like, yep. I, I met this amazing person on this parkour trip. I had no thoughts that we were going to end up together, but I had this but I had this realization that I was wasting my time languishing in this emotionally abusive relationship 
when there were people like Tony in the world. Yeah. And I was like, I need to give myself a chance to find someone half as amazing as this Tony (laughs) person. (laughs) And And then and it wasn't forward. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And now you have a beautiful little half Tony, half Leslie. Yeah. So cute. I know. Just want to. Eat a little cheeks up. (laughs) (laughs) Stay away from my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) So Tony and I ended up together. And we're still together to this day. We got engaged five months into a long distance relationship. Wow. Yeah, I know. some commitment. Yeah. Because I (coughs) went back to Melbourne. (laughs) No, I was already a... uh, I wasn't a citizen. I was a permanent resident already. Okay. Um, Just love... Just love. Mm. Just love. So romantic. Yeah. Because I I was in Melbourne while, while they were based in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And we flew back and forth a couple of times. But then we got married in May of 2014. So oh. engaged five months yeah. in, married that next year. So you probably just about to hit your 10-year together anniversary and 10-year anniversary soon? Yes. Like 10-year marriage anniversary? Yes. So cute. So we got married sometime after that, started trying for a baby. Mm-hmm. That was a huge struggle. Mm-hmm. It was not a third time lucky situation for us. It was not a fourth time lucky situation for us. It was a fifth time lucky situation for us. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Mm, It's a difficult time to, for anyone. Yeah. So it was just tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. And then we got a bub that stuck. Yes. She, ooh, she... Just would not quit. She was <laughs> kicking. She was, oh, she had me in and out of hospital because <laughs> I yeah. I had a very high risk pregnancy because yeah. of my history of losses, yeah. because of a few things. So it was just nine months of sheer anxiety. I bet. Mm. So it was a very challenging pregnancy. By the time I got to the labor and delivery segment. I knew that was going to be the easy part because <laughs> I had been through hell by that point. And knowing that like she was so close to the home run of safety too, like once they're out and breathing and you've got a bit of, t- you're like, there's so much more certain. Like, you feel like you can settle down a bit about the, like the fear. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the hospital. I had a mental, mental health birth plan in place set up by one of the mental health nurses on the staff. That's amazing. Mm. I had arrangements to be put into a private room after the, after the birth where Tony was officially listed as a support person. (laughs) So they could stay overnight. Oh yeah. And like the, the hospital, this is Royal Brisbane hospital. They took very, very, very good care of me. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Where I was born, also. Ooh, so you've got <laughs> something in common. We do. <laughs> Initially, there were a lot of fears that the little one was going to come out of my body way too soon. I had to get a surgical procedure done 
to make sure she didn't. Wow. Yeah. They had to stitch my cervix closed, essentially. Yeah. Because she just did not want to stay put. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So even that, that last couple of months was a terrifying period of just hoping and hoping and hoping that she would stay in my body long enough as close to full term as possible. Yeah. Right? So then, (laughs) in a strange twist of fate, at 39 and a half weeks, I had to be induced. Okay. (laughs) Why was... And then, she didn't want to come out. Mm -hmm. Of course. (laughs) She didn't want to come out. They did everything that they could to get this child out of my body. (laughs) (laughs) Short of a Mm -hmm. C-section. Because she just didn't want to come out. But at one point, when my waters finally did break, I was lying there. I was hopped up on all the happy drugs. My goodness, that (laughs) epidural. (laughs) I wish I had a take-home kit. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. At the time, we were preparing... I, I mentioned the National Parkour Gatherings. Mm-hmm. That year, we were hosting in Brisbane, and I was one of the key organizers. Oh. Yeah. While pregnant. Well, yes. <laughs> I guess organizing. Yeah. You're not doing parkour. <laughs> no, no. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, w- I was one of the key organizers. She was doing parkour inside you. Oh, she very much was, and I have video evidence of that. <laughs> I... Yeah, we were organizing our meetings on Skype at the time. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of meetings up until that up until that point. And at the time that I was getting ready to deliver, we were two weeks out from the from the event. So we were we were preparing to have like 150 of our closest friends fly into Brisbane for this event. And I was like, "This has to go well. <laughs> we cannot mess this up." I will not have my name attached to something that is going to be half-assed because I just cannot do anything half-assed. And I got a I got a message from one of the other organizers. He's like, "Oh, is everyone up for the for the meeting tonight?" And I just sent a I just flicked a text back saying, "Can't in labor, sorry." <laughs> <laughs> and messages back saying, "Oh my gosh! Oh wow! Oh, that's exciting!" And I thought that's the perfect excuse to not rock up for this meeting. You, you would think, right? Yeah. But because I was all drugged up on happy juice, I at that point we were just waiting. Mm-hmm. We were just waiting for kiddo to decide to make her appearance. Sounds like a boring, can't do anything, just waiting. Mm. Yeah. We were just chilling, just enjoying our last hours as a couple as a team of two before mm-hmm. we suddenly sprouted yeah <laughs> and i turned to tony at one point i'm like i want to jump on this skype meeting because i had my computer because of course i always have my computer nearby mm-hmm. and so i put my laptop up on the bed opened it up <laughs> logged on to this meeting and i was like Hey gang, how you doing? <laughs> and there were some confused looks. Like, what what's going on? Aren't you in labor? I'm like, yeah. But I'm just waiting at this point. And waved hello to my friends. They they met a couple of the the staff who were going in and out of the room. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, let's talk about this. What's <laughs> happening? What are the last details that we need to finalize before we before we greet everyone? And we tied up all of our loose ends and 
tied up a loose end than tied up an umbilical cord. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. We got done what we needed to get done and said goodbye on the meeting. I think it was still like a couple of hours after that that Bob decided to finally make her grand entrance, (laughs) giving me a fourth degree tear in the process. Yeah. All the way down. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably one of the things that just deterred me from ever wanting a baby inside of me. (laughs) Just one, but Mm. one of many. We we thank you all for your service. (laughs) Yes. You're welcome. From from the men to all the women and childbearing people out there, we thank you (laughs) for your service. Yes. And, And the lesson that I learned through that was that in other situations in my life where maybe I did have a perfect excuse to just not participate in something or not do something, when I just felt like I couldn't be bothered, when my chronic CBF started flaring up, I would just remind myself, like, I jumped on a Skype call while I was in labor. <laughs> I can do anything. <laughs> yeah. I guess it and is. And that was that. It is important too. Like those moments where you push through, you don't make the excuse. Those moments of strength are reinforced in you and each time it becomes easier. Yeah. And so the first times it's, it feels nearly impossible. Yeah. But you can do it, particularly yeah. with some support. Yeah. And then it just gets easier and easier every time. Yeah. Because that story isn't even so much about jumping on a Skype call while I was in labor as it is about the persistence that I had to practice, even just to get to that point without losing my mind throughout that wild pregnancy. And the little bean inside my body, (laughs) who they told me a number of times was potentially going to be not fifth time lucky, and she wouldn't quit. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, you're going to be my mama. I've noticed the stubbornness. <laughs> yeah. So she definitely inherited that stubbornness. Yeah. That That's, I'm claiming that, mm. that genetic backing for sure. Yeah. I have to say in my life, like some of the women who have, or people who've struggled with conception and losses, the persistence mm. and the bravery from that, mm. like I don't know how they do it, how Mm. you do it. It has boggled my mind for a long time. Yeah. And so those children that come from, come out of that, they, they're precious. Yeah. Spoiled, but precious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Our brand of spoiling is, it's more on the like. You can be wholesome about it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It doesn't have to be a bratty thing. No. My nephew is also very spoiled. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like to think of her more as just having a tremendously supportive network of people around her. Yeah. 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 My my little side story to that is I was holding on to my uterus waiting for, because they were struggling with um, having children as well. And I was like, I'm not getting rid of it until I make sure that I'm not going to have, like, I was just like, I will be your surrogate. And we will wait. And then my nephew came. And he, he was a baby, and I'm like, it's safe. I, f- I feel like we're past the danger zone. We're good. We got one. 
Wow. So I was just holding on for that and I was so happy to have my hysterectomy. But I was like, no, we've got to have one. Mm. Like it would have probably devastated my sister-in-law to not be able to carry. But And like me being in the family and seeing it probably would have been incredibly emotionally mm. draining. But thank goodness what they tried worked. and Fantastic. And fingers crossed for more. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. So. Thank you for sharing that story. It's a very vulnerable story, but beautiful. Mm. And thank you. I feel privileged to have been told it. Oh, thank you. Mm. 